0: Shit, I'm looking for our buzzers, and all I see are my wordles. I have so many wordles open, I can't Mm. find my buzzers. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Hey there, film fans, I'm Jeff. I'm Dave.
1: And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pot in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye.
0: Damn it, that's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we've decided to make this here episode a drinking
1: game. Trick, trick, trick.
0: So anytime we say something... (laughs) Oh, here it is, yes, thank you. We're taking a shot.
2: Ah, Anytime,
0: we just recorded an episode, so this one went down a little easier than the last one. Um, Anytime we say something negative, we have to drink. You're going to hear the sound. That sound means we drink, and we really drink, people. You don't believe us. Watch us on YouTube. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's so hot in your, Oh my god, I have to turn my AC off.
1: Jeff, I can I see myself my in your face. Oh. Jeff, I just I'm, wait, I'm so may as well
0: leave it on. I'm so glossy. I'm so glossy. Like, it on, is so dude. hot Probably in New on. York. <laughs> it's so hot here in New York City. John's in Los Ooh. Angeles. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead and make makeup. Some, somebody get makeup to Jeff. Makeup to Jeff. Yeah, right. I need so, a sh- yeah. shower to Jeff.
3: Jeff. I, I feel like we've abandoned the intro. Voice over the glass. yeah, let's let's talk about vengeance
0: with us that's right we're talking about (laughs) vengeance this is the new bj novak vehicle that he wrote and and directed himself (laughs) this is the first movie this is the first feature film that he wrote and directed essentially for himself um and you may know him from as ryan the intern from the office who started the fire when he lit a cheesy pita um he's he's done some directing and writing here and there midi projects and some other shows that i had sort of heard of but like he is around and he wrote a, a film that got made that jason blum produced what the, he is really getting i saw blumhouse so i was like what is this <laughs> yeah, i thought it was in the wrong theater yeah me too i was like <laughs> is this scary i, I thought yeah. the vengeance I, anyway but this is vengeance it's kind of well, like you, serial it's you, about know a podcast, it,
3: you know when it's not it, it's not a scary film when they use the shortened logo at the beginning it's not the 45 second epic like panning around all the scary shit logo so.
1: ah interesting
3: is this their dramatic logo yeah, it just yes. says Blumhouse.
0: Yeah. Oh, That's I cool. thought it was with the Nicole Kidman trailer. Okay, the um... <laughs> mm. <laughs>
3: She's <laughs> renewed.
1: She's, She's coming back. She's another, here another, for another just, year.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the groundhog looked out and saw a shadow. We have another year of Nicole. I know it's funny and
0: gimmicky. There's always like two people in every movie that really want to clap. And then the rest of the movie theater isn't clapping because it's like we're all in different levels of the joke. Some of us have seen it 40 times and we're over it. I've seen, everything I see is at AMC and I have a movie podcast. I've seen this movie fucking 40 times. Some people have seen it like two times. They're not ready yet. There's always some people that want to clap at this thing. I really hope they film a new one. I genuinely do. I genuinely don't want to. Hear I'm of
1: sometimes this. those people. I kind of get excited when people want to laugh at it and scream and hoot and holler. Me too.
3: Me too. I've
1: yeah. been anyway, the everybody was like, I mean, they are. It. Everybody just said that. I, like, <laughs> 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 I, feel like Nicole, I feel like
3: Nicole would be fine with this shit because I saw a clip today where she was on uh, Letterman uh, and it was soon after the, the Tom Cruise breakup. And he's like, so how are you doing? Like, how, how are you feeling? And she's like, well, I can wear heels now.
1: Oh and so you know oh, yeah, yeah.
3: I feel like she gives as good as she can get she <laughs> Aussie's
1: best and finest Nicole Kidman folks
0: I mean think about the access think think about movies have been doing really well this year AMC is the number one re- movie retailer in the world at least certainly well certainly in western culture and she is at the front of every one of those fucking movies <laughs> yes. where the and, and luckily she has the credit to back it up because if it was me people would be call, put, calling death rats in if it was just Jeff <laughs> Jeff yeah. Oh. Okay. Anyway, we're back to vengeance. We it keep it spoiler weird. free. My
1: uh, last thing I will say though, it was weird when I saw the was it Lucy and Ricky? What are the the Ricardos? It was yeah, weird Ricardos. seeing her and then seeing her in a movie. That was that was that didn't work for me. So I hope they don't play it in front of her movies moving forward. And the Northmen, I was just like, ah, I'm, now I'm distracted.
0: Something yeah. to think about, people. Something that's to it. think about. That's that's, that's, about. It. that's, that's what distracted also, you. Wait,
1: wait, I got one more. <laughs> we're gonna go down the spot. Why don't they dim the lights when she says the lights dim? Somebody, there is a place that is yeah. perfect where she says it and they could just bring the lights down. Is John, that, for me or funky, that for AMC? Yes, it's a it's a
3: it's a trailer, John. It's not a, mean, It is the last <laughs> thing you see before the movie starts. Now. They should dim so, the yeah. lights.
1: The it's, lights are already dimmed. No, the trailer no, I, it's a, they're usually not for me.
3: Yeah, no. No, they're still up until after that.
1: Yeah, they dude, it, it, is it is a golden opportunity,
3: but missed opportunity. But, I mean, yeah, it's setting you, up the it's, probably your, it's probably your projectionist who has to sit through it like every single session going no fuck off i'm not gonna yeah, do exactly it. they're like <laughs> come on guys.
0: okay we're gonna talk about vengeance we're gonna stay spoiler free for about 10 minutes if you're new to our podcast uh please go ahead like subscribe and follow we haven't had a review in a while we would really like one so if you like the show review us oh, yeah we are we are so desperate for a review that i promise you we will see it and we will respond so even if it's a shitty review believe it or not I don't know if you know anything about Apple and digital technology. They like that. They like it when you give it. Give us one or five. We anything in between doesn't help us. Give us one or five. Come on, show up. Please review us. If you give us,
3: if you give us one, leave a review. I don't yeah. want no empty one where you just give us one for the fuck of it. I wanna, I wanna hear your honestly. Well, even if, I wanna hear your gripe,
0: even if it's yeah, it one sentence.
3: Even if it's one sentence, please, please, like, come on, yeah. give us one sentence um i will accept it's too long these guys are cunts whatever like you know it's
0: <laughs> i have one more gripe that i held off from our bullet train episode we yes, just did, please say train. it i've been waiting but, uh, i've been waiting let's go ahead and shout our sponsors out before we do this then i'll gripe then we'll go into vengeance
1: john carlos barozzo is our beer sponsor you can find him on the the gram at cbarozzo.beer dasign the music artist is our Musical fave. He plays all the music on this episode and every single episode. You can find Das Ein on every single music platform. Follow him, like him, download the music for free. All right. How, how do you spell Das D A S E I N.
0: Das Ein, German. Okay. Did you say Carlos? Yes, Carlos Baruza. Um, the, the beer and the whiskey are starting to hit me a little bit here. So tell me if <laughs> <You> I'm. <think? laughs> tell me if I'm talking too fast. It's not. Don't
3: look at the face. That's just New York City. No, no. Talk, talk fast. It tells people listening to our episode at two times speed.
0: Yeah, go back to one or one point,
3: go back to 1.2 speed. They get sucked in with me and then they hear you and they're like, oh, fuck. Okay, this was meant for my,
0: (laughs) so this was meant for my bullet train episode, but you two fucking griped about Warner Brothers and canceling Batgirl and Ezra Miller and shit. So we have to, if you want to hear that, listen to our bullet train episode. Are you ready for my gripe? Go for it. Yeah. So I was, so I was Googling Brad Pitt. Again, this is for the bullet train. We're going to talk about vengeance here in a second. I was Googling Brad Pitt. I was just curious to see what he's up to. What do you guess that IMDb said? Do you mean this Brad Pitt known for blank? Guess what Brad Pitt is known for on IMDb?
1: Something lame, I guess, or else you wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah, good Uh, guess. (laughs) Producer
2: Ad
0: Astra.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, if you don't go in and change them, they just pick one. And they predict badly. Producer. So hold on a second. So people are sitting there, it's like, gee, I wonder what Brad, what Brad Pitt's up to. And it says he is known for producing Ad Astra. So I said, okay, this is horseshit. So I went through and I just had a guess. I was like, okay, Martin Scorsese, what is he known for? Directing? Taxi Driver. That makes sense, right? And then you look at his IMDb and it's all of his producer credits are on the top. I don't give a fuck what Martin Scorsese produces. I don't, I don't care at all if he produces his own movies, if he produces TV shows. I don't give a fuck. Put him on the bottom. He produced Vice. Great. I don't care. I want to know what he's fucking directing, motherfuckers. Spielberg. It, they dude, say, it, you know what Spielberg says? Writer. Schindler's List. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It says, no, it is. It says writer. Schindler's List. Does anybody think Steven Spielberg, you know, writer? No, and then, it's, and then of course it lists all of his producing credits. I'll give you a hint, he owns a company. It's a fuck ton of producing things. So if you wanna know what he's directing, because he's three-time Academy Award winner, Steven Spielberg, you have to fucking go down the row. And then all of a sudden you're in like the post and you're like, nope, I have to go back up again.
3: Are these people all too cheap to buy an IMDb Pro
0: membership and just change yes, it themselves? Yes, of course, like, come on, Steven Spielberg's not gonna buy a fucking IMDb membership. Matt Damon, actor Goodwill Hunting. What do they list first? His producing credits. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, George Clooney, Reese Witherspoon. They list all of their producer credits on the top. Nobody gives a fuck what these people produce. You have to know why I'm there. The whole point of IMDb was to say, who is that person in that movie and what else have they been in? I don't care who produces what. Nobody cares about these kinds of things. If we want to know, we will find it. We will find it out. The last thing I give a shit about is the 20 movies that Leonardo DiCaprio produces. Do you know what the worst part is? He's been producing The Devil in the fucking Blue City, whatever the Chicago serial killer movie is. If you've never heard of this, it, it, he's been producing it for six fucking years. And if that's what they lead with, oh, he's been producing this movie for six years. You know that Leonardo DiCaprio? Go fuck yourself. Show me what if he's going to act again. That's Did my great. I don't but know. He's, keep... been, he's been producing it forever. I think he's punted and now he's going to produce it for somebody else, which makes me want to know about it less. I, don't, I want to see it. I don't want to see it on Leonardo DiCaprio's frame. So, IMDb, sure. come on. You want to cultivate this for us? You, you want to do this for us? You have to give the people what we want. That's shit. That's
3: my gripe. Anybody else have any gripes? No. <laughs> that was it, man.
1: I'm fine. That was, that was fun. I <laughs> always enjoyed it. You know, know IMDb is owned by
3: Amazon, right? Fucking. Who.
1: <laughs>
0: For Jeff
1: Bezos. Producing is a... Uh, you get your name in the in the in the lights there. Producing it, it definitely matters. It definitely matters. I'm learning that more and more as I get more and more embedded yes, into this
0: stuff. I know it, I know it matters.
1: It matters. I'm on IMDB
3: deal. and I Google I Leonardo I mean, DiCaprio on IMDb, I don't care what he's producing. These guys could afford to ignore it. I had to spend 150 bucks to log in just to remove known for all the porn I shot when I started. <laughs> just, no, sorry, I can't cheat. <clears throat> th- Everybody that was looked
1: great. Everybody looked great in those porns, Dave. Good job.
0: Yeah, well, well shot, Dave. Well shot. Yeah. So All right. They're like, wait, we can light this? I digress. <laughs> yeah. Let's head into Vengeance. Spoiler free, we're going to give you our initial takeaways, what we think of the film. I'm going to shut the fuck up so that my uh, co-hosts here can give you their thoughts. So this is Vengeance, written and directed by B.J. Novak. It is about a writer from New York City who attempts to solve the murder of a girl he hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death. To discover what happened to her. This stars B.J. Novak as himself. I mean, no, he's 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 sort of he's sort of acting a little bit. B.J. Mm. Novak <laughs> as Jesus. B.J. <laughs> Novak as Ben Manalowitz. Boyd Holbrook is Ty Shaw. Dove Cameron, who all of the children who listen to our podcast will know from The Descendants. And Dave will know from Agents of Shield. Maybe some Schmigadoon uh, fans. Also,
3: yeah, also Schmigadoon. And, Maybe some uh, Schmig fans.
0: She also has a couple of albums out. I think she's known for Descendants for sure. Issa Rae, HBO hero. Issa Rae. Ashton Kutcher, HBO hero. Get back to acting. Get back to acting. <laughs>
2: Come on John back, Mayer. Ashton.
0: John Mayer is John in a cameo role, and a whole bunch of other really, really pretty good, pretty good performances. Pretty good performances. Vengeance. Guys, what do you think? Who wants to go first? Initial takes.
1: I guess I should go first because I, I think okay. I know it's coming. Um, I think I liked this movie, but I know I was sitting in the theater and wondering <laughs> if I liked this movie while I was watching this movie. <laughs> this, this. Should have got that. This second was the beer? most. Uh, this was a very this movie felt very indie and we usually say that sentence with enormous amount of respect and endearing right projection onto the project. Cause it feels like a passion project. And um, I do feel that way. Don't get me wrong. Uh, ultimately, I think the story he's trying to tell and the commentary he's trying to say, and I think he had to be himself because it's probably so much of what he's been griping with and struggling to try to talk about for, who, who knows? I'm sure like the rest of us since 2016, when, when all this shit went really, really changed and started becoming much louder and difficult to deal with, and we, everybody was thinking about this shit. So in one part of me, I was thinking like, God, we're all like thinking the same thing. I don't know if I'm going to learn anything from somebody talking about it out loud in, in the context, in such an obvious, indicative way of just saying, I want to talk about the thing that everybody's already talking about. That's kind of what I was up against when the exposition kind of found its way and he was in Texas and we knew what he was doing there. Um, on the other hand, there were very some very compelling things along the way that um, I think if this had been anybody else and we didn't know him, I think we would be saying, really good job. This was a, If this was your first time out of the gate, um, as a movie, I think there were some... And I can't, you know, I'm just in this space right now where I keep thinking about this stuff. We don't always expect the most crazy cinematic kind of storytelling from an independent film because of the lack of money and stuff. But there were literally scenes I couldn't see. I mean, like physically, like couldn't see the details in.
0: There are some focus things too, Dave. I hope you talk about the fo- there are some focus things that they did. But
1: this yeah, cinematographer seems very competent, and I feel like BJ, you know, was was competent in in his direction. Um, so I'm not going to say that like it was just the the technical elements that kind of held it back for me, but I do think that they, if the technical storytelling had been as pro, uh, as intriguing as the intrigue that he had in his script, uh, whether or not you were on board for that story or not, I do think that it existed in the way he was trying to pull us along with that yarn. I feel like the storytelling cinematically was way less compelling than the story he was ultimately telling. Um, but I do think that it's, uh, I do think it's, it's something that people are probably, whether they know it or not, are probably going to find some kind of catharsis in seeing right now.
3: Great. Dave? I, uh, first of all, I want to say the trailer for this does not do justice to the content.
1: I had not I seen the trailer. They, they, I didn't know anything Yeah, The trailer the
3: trailer shows you all the stuff where they kind of make Texas look a little bit silly and you know they play the the family office. They show all the bits where they set the family office as stupid. Um and for for the one listener we have in Texas at the moment, uh that is not the case.
2: Yeah,
0: we they, agree. They
3: they do yeah. um they do like even it out and there's there's some very very intelligent things that in the process of what he does, because he goes down there and starts to make a podcast, obviously, uh, like of trying to find out what happened to this girl. Um, there's some very intelligent and insightful stuff that comes out in in the middle of it. The only thing really that put me off was the the banter at the very beginning, where I was just like, "They're just shooting the shit back and forward," and it, it like this this scene is a whole like superfluous. Piece of dialogue where it's, it's almost like they were improvising, um, but again later you realise that that was to build his character, which they then insert into these other characters. And I I actually thought a lot of it was quite clever. I found a lot of it really poignant. I found a lot of it inspiring. Um, the only thing for me was it didn't really stick the landing.
0: Mm. I think that's exactly I think that's exactly right. Guess how much? Guess how hot much? I guess how many percentage points higher on I, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes this is than Bullet Train, which we all three just praised. So on, <laughs> we we just praised oh, IMD 10. 25 percent higher rating. This Bullet Train is fifty three. This has oh, so it's twenty six. This has a seventy nine right now on on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of about ninety. So I'm I'm with you guys. I think that the idea of this movie is is great for the moment this is about this is about a a writer who is looking for a story wants to do a podcast but wants it to be like a one-off story one season podcast a la cereal come on it's all it's all about Serial, right 2014 is when Serial came out and so he gets a call that uh, a girl he had hooked up with one time because he's such a player um died and they think that he was dating her. So he goes back to Texas uh, to attend the funeral. So right there, that, that, that's already one thing you got to circle that. And like, are we going to pull this off me going back to Texas? It's an outdoor I mean, funeral. He's wearing a suit. Everybody else is wearing Cowboys gear. I Fine. love that. That becomes extremely
3: relevant later though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so Which I won't go into, yeah. So this, this is all great. And then while he's down there, um, you know, he tries to find out who the killer is. And along the way he's recording a podcast the whole time. And the question becomes, is this podcast more about me? Is it more about the victim? Is it more about the characters and, and painting this narrative in this story? And I think all of that is really interesting considering, especially if you think about the political landscape, which of course, Texas is a very aptly chosen state because they're largely considered to be quote unquote independent, even though they're not, they're highly conservative outside of the major cities, which tend to be pretty liberal. And so all of these things are very prescient. and. Everything is a story now. Facts are on the line. And I think that that was pretty well put in there where Mm. Ashton Kutcher's monologue later on, which not to get to spoilers, but it's, he's right. But did they stick it? I don't know. I don't think so. However, I was entertained the whole time. And I think it's a pretty easy watch. I know that sounds condescending, but I think on the whole, i give this a thumbs up, but it's not a fantastic film. But it's like it's it is a good job.
1: Is that, is that condescending? Is that, is I've, that kind I'm giving both no, of us a because I, about it, like I, I also k-
3: said they didn't stick to landing.
1: No, I think we all are kind of feeling the same thing, and I, I hope I hope I didn't sound condescending either. Like it's just it's not it's not a great movie. It's not super well made, but but it's uh, it's in t- it's entertaining enough, yeah. and there's a story mm. at the center of it. Sure, <laughs> and there's a story at the center of it that is so topical. Everybody yeah. has had the conversation.
3: I also like that it's handled. Everybody's had
1: the conversation.
3: Like the story in the center of it is handled with respect.
2: Yeah,
1: of course. I, I uh, agree.
2: Like,
3: I as as someone who come came in from like, I want to say outside this country, um, this kind of turns a lot of stereotypes in their head, and like the the slight like they don't really touch on political discourse, but the one time they get kind of close to it, it's like their take is. Both sides are fucking crazy, which of They're course is representing hor- you which anymore.
0: Of, which, of course, is horseshit. Only one side yeah. is um is um, going <laughs> to imprison you for getting an abortion. and only one side of you is trying <laughs> to strip away your right to vote. Only one side of you uh, is going to complain about gas prices, but it's so it's. <laughs>
3: Also, I, speaking I of gas cup. prices, I'm I, sure I, I, I everybody's car. crazy. I had, a, I had a rental car on the weekend and I, I filled it up for 40 bucks. And when I was on holiday in Australia, it cost 100 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys complaining about? Yeah, and the prices are going, yeah,
0: don't even get yeah. me fucking started about yeah. the inflation thing. Don't even get me fucking started. Okay, uh, anyway. I'm going to hate mail a, on YouTube again. There's, Not,
1: there's, yeah. something, <laughs> there's something that happens when you're making a movie about, guys, things, us back that a are, <laughs> about things that are extremely topical. And you're trying to say something very observant and intelligent about that issue. And everybody in the theater and whatever at home knows it. This is not a a metaphor. This is not um, a symbol. This is him in a realistic way. And And he's playing the main character, too. So sometimes it was almost like. I kind of was sitting there with a little like I had that arms crossed kind of feeling some of the times which is a little frustrating. I'm not going to lie. I think this movie would have gone down smoother if he had not been the actor. Th- there were a couple times where BJ Novak the actor was blown away by something that somebody said and I was sitting there like this is just, there's something like very meta narcissistic about what's happening here. <laughs> like there were a few times where that was just distracting. But anyway, the point the bigger point I was making was that it's it's difficult in indie movies where you're playing everything in realism and it's and it's not um, it's not symbolic or metaphorical where you kind of have the ability to be to to use certain storytelling elements to your advantage there where people are supposed to be taken on kind of a dreamy um, a, a dreamy com- comparison of what we're actually talking about. This is so on the nose and his character is literally talking about what these issues are over and over and over and over again. So he almost like set him up for like, there's no way this movie could have ended where we would have actually been super satisfied. Like part of me thinks that he realized at some point that there's actually, there's a touching moment towards the end. Spoilers? Should we? Should we just say spoilers? No, now? Yet, no, yeah, yeah. No. We'll, we'll get yet. to it. come not back yet. to it. Come back not to yet. it. Come back to it. Just say yeah. there's
0: a touching moment at the end. There's Ru. a touching
1: moment towards the end where he does have this thing that you kind of expect what this story is ultimately going to be about. A uh, uh, an artist trying to learn something about somebody else and they ultimately end up learning about themselves. And yeah. are this you is a are story.
0: you are you the artist or are you the work of art? Yeah. Where is that line get And yeah.
1: we've you know we tell ourselves that story all the time as artists and we've seen that story told a gajillion times. So I'm not picking on him for telling it, his version of that by any means. I just felt like there was a there was a way he was trying to subvert this that was completely rooted in the the realism of the story. Drugs The opioid epidemic and the political divisions and societal divisions we're living in. And I think that just part of me just wonders, like, my God, that's a tall order to have somebody think that they're going to walk out feeling super satisfied. So I guess what I'm what I'm saying is that I kind of walked out at peace with not being super satisfied because he was not making Seventh Seal. He was not yeah. making this allegorical tale about the time we're living in with a, yep. a genius brain behind the camera. He was very simply trying to say, put the camera in one place and let me just talk to these people. So if and I think if you go in knowing that it's just gonna be that and that's it, and you don't really need to think too hard beyond that. He's gonna he's gonna do all the thinking for you. I think you can have a good time. There was just a part Wait. of me that kept trying to figure out if he wanted more from me. And I don't think they he would. did
3: there were several different camera techniques used in this like they they swapped between like the shoulder mount handheld stuff to like and which almost looked doco style um it almost looked natural light it, and it kind of sucked you into the, like this might be a real life situation um yeah. and then they switched back to like the the stuff on tripod and you know yeah. the occasional dolly here and there and I, I don't know i i feel like that worked for me
0: the DP's name is, uh, I think it's Lynn, but it's L Y N. So if it's lean or if it's, I, I'm not sure. Cause he doesn't have a bio or anything, but he, he has, has like tu- 40 he has,
1: credits. His, his, <laughs> he, has,
0: he has 58. He has 58 cinematographer Jesus. credits. He has shorts. They're mostly films and mostly films that I haven't heard of, which I actually almost respect more. Cause what it means is that he's a workhorse. It means he doesn't get paid a lot for these and he just constantly makes movies. They, them, I just watched a trailer of and I was going to watch it and it looked too ridiculous, but that might not be his fault. Um, the wind, they uh, sway. Oh, he shot they them as well. Yeah, that just came out this okay, year. Cool. Yeah, no, no, it's like coming Kevin out Kevin
3: Bacon.
0: Yeah, movie. It's about it dropped it's, this week. Yeah, yeah it's it's hmm. it's totally like a, it's on Peacock, but it's like um, a yeah, yeah, conversion therapy, but also like a horror thing based on because they, they separate the gays and the lesbians. But if you're they them, and then there's like horror elements. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. I idea. think they no, wanted
1: they, this to. Feel, I think they wanted it to feel like. If you're going to actually take, there's something so uh, small that I, I know he was aware of this. There's something so small and pedestrian and common about the podcast, like the idea of a podcast. And I'm sorry that we're on one talking about it right now, but it's just people <laughs> who want to talk. And he blows I mean, it up. into it the, everyone has one. Yeah, it, yeah. You're just another <laughs> what, white guy it, in New York with a podcast. How much did you like <laughs> that? How much did you like that
0: line? You're another white guy with the New York did a podcast. And I was like, I'm going to take that down as a note.
1: Yeah, okay. of course. <laughs> so I think that I think cinema, cinematographically. As well, I think they wanted to say, like, I guess they were justifying it by saying, look, let's try to make it as simple as possible. This should be something that could be shot on a fucking iPhone or else we're not we're not talking about it correctly. And I I just don't know if ultimately if that was the most compelling way to tell this story, since all of their other elements felt like that as well. I'm just curious if there would have been a fun juxtaposition, not that he had all the money in the world, but a fun juxtaposition to make it a little bit more cinematic to juxtapose and comment on the fact that don't we think this is what life feels like right now? I'm gonna buzz
3: you for using the wow. word cinematic. So,
0: sure. so <laughs> to to come back to a common theme that comes up in our show, which if you follow as, us, as we're as a not colorist, just
3: small. Oh my god. If I've heard if I hear the word cinematic, I just want to punch people in the face. <laughs> Touche. Sure. Right. So, did you say the toupee? Donald Trump wore a toupee last week, apparently. Um, did you see? So, um. You can't to- drop that shit when I'm drinking a beer. I
0: know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> I hold on. I, I forget what I was saying. Uh, Did you see? Oh, oh, we have recurring themes in this podcast. So if you're new to our podcast, then for whatever reason you found us, please like and subscribe because we don't just randomly rag on. I promise we have recurring themes. And one recurring theme is that we need to start to consider different ways of watching movies. The old critics way and the old producers way, it just isn't cutting it anymore. So for nope. this movie, the, the, he knew, BJ Novak knew that you needed to have a good story. And so even though it's very self-referential and it's like borderline narcissistic, if it's not completely narcissistic, of somebody to write themselves into a character of somebody trying to find their own story, using a podcast because they wanted millions of people to see it, and then learn something about themselves on the way. Obviously, he was probably aware of the potential for narcissism. But at the same time, the stuff that he's being narcissistic about is relevant to everybody. And I feel like he's okay with letting the film not be great if he could really hit these points. And I feel like that maybe that is the best way of watching it. So let me ask you a question that might be a little fucked up. How many people, especially younger people, people who really grew up with the socials their whole life? I didn't, Uh, it came later. I remember when I had a CD player with one CD and that was my only form of entertainment for days at a time was one CD and a CD player. And if I ran out of batteries, I was fucked. And if the headphones stopped working, that was it. I know, what
3: was me. But anyway, first world yeah, problems. Yeah, woe was you, dude. We had fucking cast singles.
0: Okay, I'm just going to drink for myself.
3: Sorry for, I know it's an, <laughs> an entitlement thing here. <laughs> I
1: don't even know what that is. You it's know, it's a what?
3: cassette with a single on it. Oh, a,
1: cassettes. Okay. Oh, a, cassette. It was- a cassette.
3: A cassette. A okay, anyway. A singles,
0: yes, they they say say in yeah.
1: Okay, okay. I'll,
0: hold on. My, my point is this. How many people, and I mean this genuinely. I don't mean this as like a right-wing talking point. How many people genuinely have daydreams about being the hero in either a murder mystery or in some kind of, like, innocent bystander thing. Like, how many people have genuinely daydreams about, like, maybe witnessing something or solving something and being interviewed and that turning viral and they get a million followers? You know what I mean? And so this person goes there to try to investigate this, but he really just wants to be a successful podcaster. He's really just seeking fame. So even though he's old and narcissistic and a writer by old, I mean, by, by contemporary standards, you know, like by like the kids that have influence, but that idea, I actually feel like, I feel like the idea can, can actually supersede the film in this. So I actually think this film will sell really well. Well, not sell as in like people purchasing tickets, but it'll play really well to audiences, especially younger audiences who deep down inside know that they actually want to be him even though he seems like a narcissistic little shit but deep down inside we all kind of we all kind of wish not necessarily successful but like life changing but it's well produced it's it has money behind it it has class and art behind it but it's really just somebody who figures shit out who gets in there and it's him he did it without him this wouldn't have happened right don't you think that that's like a different way of of viewing this picture and forgetting the the actual like movie
1: stuff i have no idea
3: yeah. what you're talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but honestly, that's still a reason why. Like, that's still a reason why I feel like he, he may have had a more sophisticated take on that if he had not been the actor. Well, yeah, yeah. he's not. If guy. he had been the director right, I, and writer, just, if he had just been able to say, "Yes, the irony is that I am getting success out of doing this when I'm making that point." That's the whole reason I was trying to say this. But the fact that he was—I don't know—I I was a little distracted by it. What do you think, Dave? Oh my god, I figured it out. I figured out why I had a different response to this film. I've
3: never seen a single episode of The Office. I don't really watch The Office either,
1: dude. I don't. I've never seen a
3: single episode. I was able to put that off to the side. It's been a long time, you know. So I went in completely clean, having never experienced this guy. I mean, he was was a writer. He was a
0: writer and producer, and he
1: directed
3: some episodes of The Office.
0: But, but I I'd let that I put that aside.
1: This felt different to me than like Braveheart. You know, this wasn't like. Oh, you think? uh, Yeah, Yeah. you know, this was. This wasn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to harp on this too much, but Jeff, I think what you're saying is braveheart. I know, right? I think what you're saying is is absolutely the the redemption of this movie and why everybody would probably enjoy watching this at least once. I don't know how rewatchable it's going to be. It's so topical and so everything we've been saying that I don't know if it's something that you're going to be like, God, I love that movie. Let's watch it again just because it's a fun movie. I think you kind of want to just go, this could have been a TED talk and I would have watched it. You know what I mean? Like it could have, it's that kind of thing where he so clearly had a mission no. of trying.
0: I, I, I think it has to be a narrative. What I would say is I think this could have been a podcast instead of a movie.
3: I found this very centrist. It was a, like the, the the central theme to me was like, just talk to these people. Like everyone just talk to each other.
1: Yeah, well.
3: And you know, it, uh, I feel like that was kind of what he was screaming at every, like, at America. Everyone just talk to each other for fuck's sake. Like, get to know each other again.
1: I think that's right. the. I think that's the peel of the fruit is that yeah. what you're going to get in the first act and maybe in t- well into the second act, certainly up to the midpoint, is that that like, oh, look at these people. What, what that that line is ray has. They're they're my family. I love these characters. They're my, you know, so we, we all know that that's that's very. Well, that was it's the other very, thing. Uh, the, it's, the
3: fact that everyone in New York sees these people as characters is, like, again, a subtle yeah. way of pointing out the disconnect that, like, those two regions have. It's like they see them as characters, not people. But don't you think? I know you didn't know my point,
0: but don't you think part of my point is the people we bump into, their greatest use is how much of characters they are in my interactions with them, which is another reason that I think this movie is actually going to. It succeed in the long run compared to other similar indie films as people are going to sit there and they're going to be like, wait a second, these motherfuckers from Brooklyn are like, Oh yeah, they're just like my family, but it's like, but they don't want to live with them. It, you know, it, they're, it's only, they're only as interesting as they are useful to them. Do you not think that? You that? No,
1: no, no. I know it's mean. It's, it's absolutely. It's a there's characters everywhere. We film. We know there's
0: characters everywhere. The, these are characters because they're interesting because we're trying to solve a murder. But if it, was just, if it was just him in a house with them, I don't think they would give a fuck.
3: You know what? We're, we're 30 minutes in. Let's go into spoilers.
0: Oh, yeah. We didn't turn the spoilers.
1: Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. It's a very clarifying film. I wouldn't call it a portent or prescient film in terms of where we're going. I, I don't know if... Uh, I guess. I guess sometimes the irony, not the irony, the uh, the fact that there is a that he realizes as his character in the film that ultimately what I'm denying myself in inside this story is actually what I'm going to be seeking in the end to realize that through the context of these people having something that I once judged, I now realize that I judge myself. And again, we've seen that a, a million times. It's very useful in storytelling. I, I guess I just wonder if. Uh, If for this one, if Jeff, I think you're right, dude, if it if it even needed to be uh, a movie, if it felt like a movie because of that, or if I if I felt like I was kind of like, I felt like I was kind of reading the pamphlet on like the uh, uh, musings of a empathic liberal New Yorker. You know, I kind of (laughs) it kind of just felt like that I kept waiting for it to turn into the movie. And there are certain elements that did feel that way when Ashton Kutcher gets introduced Not because he's movie star Ashton Kutcher or television star Ashton Kutcher, but because that character did have a lot of intrigue and they were a very, uh, they were a portent character. They were giving Mm. some kind of, of larger scope that was supposed to be throwing his character for a little bit of a, you know, a skew, which still bothered me because I I was very aware that he, the actor wrote those words. So I was like, don't cut to yourself reacting to him when you fucking wrote that speech and everybody in the theater knows you wrote the speech that he just said, that really it weirded me out. It felt, it felt strange. I didn't, I didn't like it whenever he did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, come on, dude. Um, I mean, I,
3: I did love that speech though. Like the one about how like they're creative. They just have no outlet. So that's why they're inventing conspiracy theories. I mean, cause it yeah. did come right back around to that in the end.
0: It's a good point, and honestly, it's a—it's definitely an allegory on religion. Basically, is absurd.
3: I mean, it's an allegory on a lot of stuff. This—I mean—I want to say this wasn't trying to speak to America; it was always a plea to America. I'm afraid, see,
1: I'm afraid. Love see, I'm afraid yeah. it's see, I'm afraid it's not allegory and that it is literal, and the, an intellectual New Yorker thinks that this is what people think and i know he was trying to explore that and i'm not saying of them he do, didn't explore from what it, i've seen but i still i still felt like dude you just achieved your own you're, you're 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 a living failure of what you're trying to show us right now there's a little bit of me that felt like he was projecting this movie onto everybody and i don't know if everybody you know what i mean like i just felt like he was trying to be a little bit smarter than we were and i know he even though he was commenting on that and you got to see him fail at doing that and realize it really doesn't matter sometimes you just got to have a principle and you have to be willing to to die for it yeah, just because yeah. i mean you want to know what the coolest thing about this movie is we had a 32 minute discussion
3: before we got to spoilers
1: no i'm okay, just saying well, that's, i'm just saying we've so, we so all been thinking about this for, no, for I, fucking years though, right like so let's no, come back to the story i don't think that
3: conversation has been had i don't i don't think the the just like you listen to people and have a discussion it, with them you
1: haven't had the conversation of what's wrong with america enough times
3: and again, I'm just saying. I've had that discussion, but every single time, it's a different
1: discussion. I don't feel. Like, I feel like I, I don't feel like that. That's that's refreshing to hear because I feel like a lot of people are having the same conversation over and over and over again. And I feel no, I, like he I, had I, a very. I actually had a really, I,
3: like, had a, had a very interesting discussion in a bar one night uh, in Lower Manhattan, and uh, there was a guy there who had um, voted for Trump. And I was curious. I was like, what, what's your deal? And the guy who was next to me was, like, I want to say very left and immediately started abusing the guy. And it, my wife came out of the bathroom and came back because I was shouting. And she thought I was getting in an argument with the guy who was who had voted for Trump, but I was shouting at the guy beside me to shut up and listen to his story because I wanted to know why he had he had done this. Yeah, it's, like I wanted to know what his motivations were. Like I was interested in listening to his story, and he he laid out a very like his his brother had a certain disability that was going to help him, like he, the the like the policies were going to help him, so that's why he voted. That's and right. They love healthcare for people, so yeah. they would have really supported his. This, his story, no, this yeah. one particular line they did, and was I was like, like "All right, it was a that's, lie." But yes, that's, that's right. That's that's
1: what they said. I know what you mean. I, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a cynical asshole. I, I just think that sometimes, as audience members, it, Bj Novak is a very intelligent person. Clearly, so I'm not. I'm not saying he didn't know this. I think he knew it very well, and he decided to do it anyway. I think sometimes people are going to find this kind of, uh, this kind of deliverance that I think he was trying to achieve. Literalism is a difficult journey to get there. When ultimately, we need everybody to discover this for let's themselves.
0: Get, let, let's get back to the plot because I, I, I'm. I like I like where Dave's going with this, and I actually I do think there's still a lot of room to connect. And as much as we can adjudicate who is right and who is just completely believing in bullshit conspiracies, I think that <laughs> yeah. this movie. What Don't I, get what, I wrong. what I I've, I've heard some shit. <laughs> what I want to believe is that the plot did carry a little bit. Plot and character saved the playwright. The, the character saves the playwright is like this old school like mentality thing. Unfortunately, he wrote for himself, so that kind of didn't help. But the plot does save character. So I'm wondering if this specific murder mystery with the person, with the, with the, the basically, let's just say the overlapping jurisdictions, the four overlapping jurisdictions and that rigmarole, let's forget about the polarity of right versus left and people listening to each other. That kind of systemic shit is something that everybody can get behind. And it it really fucks up investigations of this. So if that is if that plot is at least if it's not the center of the onion, it's one of the inner layers that I think Bj Novic does cling to because he does understand that mm. if that's interesting, the movie will be interesting, regardless of how much he wants to yeah. be self-aggrandizing. So
3: there were what- there was some subtle character shit as well that went on, like the, where he finds out where he finally gets into her phone. He figures out the number, which you was, know I hate okay, that. You know I hate yeah. it so much. We all hate, hate that. I um, hate when they but guess it, the password. It but. was kind of more organic than someone just guessing. But when he finds when he finds out, like he reads the messages and he finds out why he was actually invited to the funeral in the first place. And he gets that sense of betrayal, which is
0: That was good. It's exactly was- what he's
3: it was it that was like a cathartic moment for him because he realized that's what he's doing to he's been doing to other people.
0: Yeah. The blow up scene was my least favorite movie. Well, least favorite scene in the movie, but him discovering well, that is was it, great. Is it, but the is scene it the, in the, is the
3: blow up scene your least favorite because you kind of got to like that family. Cause that's what it was for me.
0: It was because his reaction were, to it was so, it was, it was
3: something that you only see in movies. Ah, okay. And,
0: and he could have acted a better. I feel like but, the,
3: see the fight in the car park um, for me was like, wow, you're the villain now.
0: The car park, like outside
3: yeah. of Whataburger outside of Whataburger. Yeah.
0: Well, no, it is, but that's like something that like, he wouldn't yell at the family. He would just leave.
2: the performance, he wouldn't sit there and the be performance, like, "You people are this,
0: you're that." And he would just, he would just, he would just be mad and leave. He he would be like, "You guys lied to me." He, he'd be smarter than that. He, he it was mm. it was just the way he reacted was just only in movies do they sit I there don't and, know. I was, and shit I on in each individual. It. I was they've hurt. All right,
1: well, yeah. Did, those right. things bothered me a little bit less than the than the fact that he's in this tiny town for days or weeks and. That was the first time he had actually... Which he already suspected that she was a, a drug addict. And that was the first time it came out, like, inadvertently from the grandma. I just felt like... That felt so yeah. devicey to me. I felt like... Now I know BJ's just trying to get somewhere to prove a point. And just, yeah. Good point good, like, point, good point, good point. I just felt good like, point. dude, you just like... You, you're reverse engineering a, a message. And that is a scary thing to do as a writer. Like, that is just... Uh, I just, I, I don't think, he, I don't think he failed They it. all I think knew, he,
0: they all knew, and they were all lying. That's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, in Little Miss Sunshine, when Paul Dana realizes that he can't see uh, color oh, yeah. and be colorblind, yeah. blah blah blah, and we all kind of. After the fact, you kind of realize that on a small-scale movie, you need something that's really personal like that to really flip everybody on their edge, and his character is a good catalyst for what subverts the whole family's fighting dynamics up until that point beside the highway, and, and leading up to it, you think like, oh, my God, they did such a good job of towing the line. This one didn't feel like it was a character reveal about the grandma who said it, about the family who was covering it up, Or about BJ, who was just sitting there waiting to to scream at them as a writer. I feel like he knew he wanted to have that scene at some point. This one just felt very much like that's the next thing that has to happen so that the story isn't finished yet. Because the thing that you enjoyed the most, Dave, which I did, dude, I felt it too. I was like, you know, I'm glad we're relating so much to these people. He did achieve that very well in the first and Mm. first half of the uh, second act. But that was I felt like that was his biggest achievement was that he made us feel empathy for this family that we thought we were going to judge. And that, that was really great. The last half of the movie. That was 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 my favorite part of the movie.
3: Yeah. I must admit that like what I'm saying, like the, the part where I said it didn't stick the landing is probably from that point onwards from that point on,
1: which is a shame because for me, that's the rest of the move. Like that's what, that's what would make it a movie and not just a, a character study on going to Texas as a liberal intellectual New Yorker and realizing people are there. Like, you know, we've seen we, we've seen that a lot, and it was refreshing to see it right now. I'm not saying yeah. he didn't execute it correctly. Uh, I thought the acting performances from the family w- were great. I felt like I was in the home with them. I, re- I really did. I was buying everything yeah. that was happening. It just it just felt a little manufactured, which was yeah. I think he wanted I'm me to feel that way. Overrated. But um, anyway, so let's talk about let's talk about the second half though. Like so, from that point on.
0: Wait, why would we want to talk about the part that we didn't like? Because that's <laughs> that the
1: <laughs> I no, want to get back we, to what you're saying, though, because you said, and I think it's a good argument, that plot can save the playwright, plot story can save, the, you know, from themselves. Why do we think that this plot, because it is the crux of his fucking story. It is the entire arc of his character as the podcaster realizes, whoa, there actually is a crazy story. I was trying to subvert it or manipulate it and corner it into this giant piece on America. And it's actually just the, a vengeance tale. It's actually a tale- a real-
0: they still should have released the podcast, by the way, right? I, I know he's proving a point. That, that to me is the... You, all of the stuff you're saying all comes down to him deleting the text. But if he puts it out there, then he can still make his point. So by deleting it and saying this podcast shouldn't exist, then I'm with you. Everything else, I think I... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like...
3: Just just fucking release the podcast, dude. I feel like he was deleting evidence at that point.
0: Wait, well, there's nothing on there was was, was suggesting that he would do what he did. Anyway. Okay, sorry, John. What were you saying? Can you clear that up? He recorded
1: Ashton Kutcher though at the very end, and then he. So even if he turns it off right there, he shoots him right after. So I'm sure they would have some questions. Very convenient that his body (laughs) died two hours ago, and you pressed stop on the recording. Oh,
0: and 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 you're right because the mom said, like he said, he wasn't at the
1: party. It was a good party though, from what I heard. Yeah, that I I don't. I I think I might have been one of the only people in the theater that I did enjoy when he shot him. Like there was, there is this. That's my favorite part of the movie. The rest of the stuff was, I'm sorry, but it was kind of low-hanging fruit for me. Everything up to his final statement. Because I was sitting there kind of like, what are you trying to say, dude? Just just get there. We know you're going to say something. And I do think that there was a very strong point to be made that at the end of the day, I I think he's trying to, to portray that we're all questioning our values now because of his theme, his thesis, if everything matters, then nothing matters. If everyone matters, then no one matters. And if if we keep getting caught in this cycle of these these endless voices and this this yeah. this wonderful speech that he wrote, he gave he gave Ashton Kutcher two really excellent speeches. Um, and the second yeah, I one, wish where he, he was. I
0: wish he didn't try to film them like David Lynch, because it, it. I wish I wish he just let it be a little bit. More. And Phineas' score was just like a little melodramatic. I wish he filmed it straight. Mm. No, you're right. No, I know it's too bad because I, I agree. I think on the page it was great. I think Ashton Kutcher did a pretty good job, but it turned into melodrama, and that wasn't the tone of the movie. And maybe that was the point, but I think they overdid it. Sorry, back to you.
1: No, I think. I mean, I think that's. I think you're exactly right. the The delivery of that, whether or not you enjoy the, the style of the filmmaking and stuff, you're kind of you're kind of. A- a- Ashton did the right thing, but yeah, you're kind of I desperately felt a waiting during
3: the Ashton Kutcher thing, because like I'm a playlist guy. Like I put the auto playlist on, and it tells me what to listen to.
1: I was like, Fuck you. <laughs> well, I mean, he made he uh, I, look. He, he definitely made some good points, but there, but there at the very end, when he was basically saying, "I don't even care we're, if you record this. This is going to be yeah, well, wonderful. we're going to be on a panel someday. We're going to be yeah. on a panel someday because blow." If he walks like, you the, through this whole entire.
3: I think they call it the scream ending.
1: Yeah, just the um, reverse. I mean, like I, I liked the filmmaking wise. I liked that he missed his first shot. It, I think he missed too much, but. I like that he missed the first shot and it was effective that it caught him off guard and that he basically was like, ultimately, I wasn't willing to risk anything. And none of us are willing to actually like stand up and say that very simply. My favorite line in the movie is when Boyd, Boyd Collins, is that his name? Boyd, Jeff, what's the brother's name? Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Boyd Holbrook. Holbrook. When they're having the Whataburger conversation, which, by the way, there are two Whataburgers <laughs> in Concord, North Carolina, and I, I do like that restaurant <laughs> very much, Cherry Lemon Sundrop. I, 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 mean, I
3: want to go now. Cherry Lemon Sundrop. If anything, Get it out. did Whataburger a lot of favors.
1: Um, when he said, what do you like? And he said that wonderful line, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase. It He was like, you can point to the reasons why you love something, but then you're missing the point. It's just that you love yeah. it. You know, and that's yeah. And yeah. that's, a, that's a great, Somebody behind simple me. thing.
0: Somebody behind me, I'm not kidding you. Somebody behind me just said, that's so true. So and I, I can't, I can't <laughs> tell if they were kidding or not, but that he was like, he was like, you point to somebody and say why you love them, but that's, but you love them and that's the point. And it's like, somebody was like, that's I, so actually, it's true. really it's funny. So when, funny. I, when
3: I saw this, there was a, there were, I wanted, when, when I booked it, I was the only person in the theater. By the time I got there, there were like five people. My theater, like those five people were like howling with laughter for half of this movie. Yeah, there was some funny stuff. Yeah. They got real quiet at the end, though. People
0: laughed at that opening scene, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, John, back to you.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I don't know you guys. I just feel like when he finally got there, with with Ashton saying that thing, every single person in my theater, including myself, was like, "We've been waiting for this." I, I in a way, I kind of was disappointed that the the killer, the the killer, if if we feel comfortable saying that about Ashton Kutcher, was the one saying that mm. sentence. There was a part of me that kind of wanted somebody else to be making that observation, and not the yeah. mustache twirling kingpin of Oxy sexy Ashton Kutcher. I went to school in Connecticut, which means Yale, and now I live here. Like there was still a, a little bit now. of that 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 that, speci- that specific turn that he put him in that role was a little. You know, he went to out Yale because the, the, the pills were square. Sure, yeah. sure. It pulled a little. Yeah, it's bit also yeah because he
0: said. Is also oh you buzz yourself. He also said it was definitely Yale because he said New Haven and because this is definitely like a JD Holmes, JD Holmes, whatever the fucking the guy that did Hillbilly Elegy, the guy that's running in Ohio, he went to Yale.
1: So I guess, guys, what my big question is, what I what I keep turning over in my head, and there's a very good chance that I just wasn't in the right place, or that I really didn't get what he was trying to say, or that this is a thinker and BJ just wants me to keep marinating. But I feel like he ended up proving exactly what he was trying to prove in one aspect. And in the other aspect, he was trying to say, but they're, but they're right about something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he was trying to say, like, I learned a big lesson as somebody with my perspective who came into this experience would hope to learn at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, on, and on the other hand, I'm right and I was right. I was already right. The whole thing well, was I, exactly what I thought it was. And like these, I said, I, 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 I just don't know if I learned what. he I, – I, you know.
3: Like I said, they didn't stick the the landing for me, and I they left me confused as fuck as what he was trying to say. So
1: I'm talking too much. Yeah. Why, why did it leave you think, confused? Yeah, because that's kind of what I walked away with too. I like was he like,
3: set up this this whole this whole thing where it was like he turned people's perceptions of like the, the generalist stereotype of Texas. He turned that on its head. Like there was a little bit of it there. And then they came out with this, some of these poignant things and like, it's a family that, you know, loves each other and they support each other and that sort of thing. And they build all that up. And then he takes out the vengeance and kills this guy. And I'm like, what was, what was the point of everything we just built up to? Like, what are you trying to say here? There was two different things in like the way that started and the way it finished
1: is he and the they didn't fucking really communicate
3: his transition.
1: Yeah, dude, is he the Reddit speech that Ashton gives at the end? Was he literally just it... like I'm going to make a movie about this this point that ultimately it doesn't matter and somebody's going to subvert it all the time anyway, so there's I'm just going to make people sit through that? Like there's. I, I did okay. I, actually
3: I have to bring up I did like the earlier line about Oh, yeah, good idea. We'll put it on, we'll put it out in the internet and the people on Reddit will kill him for us. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I was like, all of that, the you, you're kind of taking, you, you took shots, he took shots at like all of that. The Ashton stuff was good. The,
0: as far as, it, as the things it called, it
3: sideways at the end for me. The things ca- the, the, I don't know what to think now.
0: He he admitted in, an, in a mm. podcast that I listened to, PJ Novick admitted that Vengeance, he just thought would be a good name for a, a movie. And that was part of the reason he chose it. And why does he have to be the one to get the vengeance and why does the killer have to be the one to say like, well, we're going to be on a panel someday. I, I'm with you. It's all very confusing. I, I it, it did not, it just didn't stick. I'm actually glad that I'm glad that John, you're putting it into the right reasons because the truth is, I think, I think the best way of looking at the film is the first half, the idea half of this is great. Yes. It's not unique, but it is, Still great to talk about. There's so many. Sh- there's so many fucking things. Hillary's fucking emails keep coming up because you have the Secret Service deleting text. Ma- you know what I mean? Like these things keep. They're cyclical, so it's okay if you've heard these a million times because you always hear them a different okay. way. I
3: don't know if we can. I don't know if we can bring that up anymore because she's selling hats now, saying but her emails. I don't think she's actually selling the hats, but um, it, Hillary posted it today from a ticked Twitter
0: account. All right, Jesus. well, maybe she is telling them. I thought it was just for fun because um, <laughs> wow. the Secret Service deleted all of their messages from yeah, January 6th, but yes, but a couple no, emails. No, she's so leaning into it, but the money's um, going
3: to charity, but yeah, she's doing it.
0: Good, Trumps are not going to charity. So anyway, but like the second half of the movie is problematic <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad, John, that you were able to piece together why it's problematic and you're 100% right to simplify things because I think most people watching this movie aren't going to be quite as detailed as you, although I'm glad they might turn to us to try to understand why they kind of like the movie, but kind of haven't followed through. And I think you've given them a good reason as to why that is. But the truth is, it just got melodramatic and he didn't know what to do with it. So he made some bold choices. I think he thought that they were like these specific choices that were either Lynchian or um, uh, maybe like Westworld-like that would be like these huge
3: world-changing
0: things. And I don't think okay, he stuck on any you can't Westworld
3: if you haven't watched Westworld.
0: I watched the first season and I've seen plenty <laughs>
3: Why are you buzzing me?
0: Get the fuck out of here. Because you disparage Westworld. But <laughs> pulling back, I think the idea of all of this was great. Even the idea of Ashton Kutcher's character, the idea of all of the things he said, the ideas were all there. They didn't stick the landing on any of them. So why don't we just agree on that? And the, yeah, reason, the reasons why, I believe, John, I actually think you outlawed, I think you, you laid them out really, really, really well. <laughs> The simple truth to simplify everything you said is they didn't stick a landing on a single one of these story elements, but asking the questions was great. So hopefully that's enough for people to like the movie. What do you think? Yes,
1: I think that's wonderful. And I hope this is the ultimate Mm -hmm. uh, essential. I am living inside the nut of what our podcast is about right now. I had tons of issues with this movie and I still think you should see it. I think you should see it because you might have issues with it. And I think he made it because he wanted to bother you. I don't think he thought this was a perfect seamless thing. And uh this is this is it's fun to see movies like this every now and then. I need to have something to push against mm. as a citizen, as a human, as a filmmaker, all the all that crap. And he really wants you to he wants you to feel good. He wants you to feel that empathy. He also wants to kind of piss you off. And he also wants to try to yeah. outsmart you. And I think he I think he, he does. does all those things. He and I'm left a little like, upset, <laughs> but I'm glad I saw it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I said, I hated the ending, but I would highly advocate. A film that makes you think, and for the fact yeah. that we've managed to talk for almost an hour about this, yeah, um, yeah. But again, yeah. And you know me; ending.
0: I genuinely don't <laughs> care about endings. So for me, it was actually the fact that the ending was like the last twenty minutes, because at the end, the Bj Novak killing him and deleting everything. It happens, I was like, I don't it happened so fast. It happened yeah. so
3: fast. It was just like we're gonna rush this.
1: It really that you so, know what? God, I'm think I'm weird because that didn't bother me too much. But can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine a scene where? BJ Novak, is he's friends with us and we're all sitting together and we're having some beers and he's pitching this movie to us and we end up talking about the idea of his movie for hours that night. And then he yeah, goes it, 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 and makes yeah. it and then we see it and we sit there and we tell our good friend BJ Novak, the conversation we had was just as interesting, if not more interesting than the movie and is if people keep having yeah. that conversation, you've succeeded. So it's almost like, I yep. know I bitched about it a lot, but if people can compare the thoughtfulness that they have or the mindfulness that they might have afterwards, whether they're pissed off or they're super happy about it. That's probably how he should measure this. So I hope he doesn't yep. think about what I said mm. very early on about the filmmaking and stuff. He knows. He already knows. Not he knows.
0: Yeah. He, his next film, he's got his Argo in his back pocket. He's ready to go. Oh, you think <laughs> so? Um, I think we're, I think we're okay to start to settle we, it up there. Yeah. So yeah, if you have anything letter. else you want to say, if you want to go ahead and either rip John a new one or agree with him completely, you can go ahead and find us on the socials and he won't respond, but Dave definitely will. So go ahead. Dave, yeah, set up a John, laugh. Dave, John, Dave <laughs> will sit there and be like, ha ha ha. ha yeah. Wasn't that crazy?
2: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, what a dick.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hope signs better than, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. So anyway, find us, find our link tree. I seriously, a, a shitty show response or a great response in any of these streaming services. Yeah, we deal
3: in extremes else. here. No middle ground.
0: Um, we always finish our episodes with what you've been watching. So to segue very quickly from this movie that we all think you should see, we all think you should go see this movie Vengeance. True. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a quick round of what you've been watching. Dave, you said Sandman on the last episode. Have you watched anything else that you want to shout out this episode? I
3: have. I, I saw Prey.
0: The new predator. Okay, oh, dude! What you got? I heard it was good.
3: The new, yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a it's a slow burn, but it is a fucking predator film. And the the cool thing about it is like it it kind of struck me a bit uh, abruptly. But like they're showing the fucking spaceship in like the first five minutes, and I was like. Come on, ease into it. Like the, no, the they, they're nervous. Like people won't it. think it's a Predator and no, film
2: if they don't do it. No, 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 <laughs> it,
3: was, it was like, okay, we we know it's prey. pray. We build it as yes, this is, a, this is a Predator Predator film. Let's just fucking lean into it, and yeah. they do. And like the coolest thing is, it's like there are some subtitles because it's all a Comanche tribe. And there are some subtitles where they're just literally speaking Comanche and the subtitle is in Comanche. I was going to ask you about and that. And then when they run into the French uh, people, because it's um, like 17 something, I think, the French yeah. are floating around the French are and everywhere. they run into them. And the French are speaking in French and the, the subtitles are in French.
1: Okay, and cool. Because I, I heard that they yeah. were going to film, the initial concept was to film the entire thing in Comanche and subtitle everything. Apparently when on the DVD, if you get it, when they
3: release it, there's going to be a full Comanche track. The Full Comanche audio track,
1: dubbed, or like different yeah. takes no, dubbed? No dubbed. Okay. Yeah. Either way, that's um, but nobody thought nobody thought they were going to do this in, with Predator. So yeah. But in saying that,
3: this is this is the most original fucking Predator film I've seen in years. Like, nice. Like my favorite Predator films: Predator One, Predator Two. Uh, this probably sits in between Predator One and Two because
1: oh, I, I think you and oh, David, I think yeah. you and I and, saw. And
3: I, 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 I have gone out on Twitter and like Predator Two has the best after fight quip ever in the history of film, but that's pretty much all it is. But this, this one has like some real character and depth and some awesome fucking performances and the the fight and everything. And the Predator has older
1: technology, which is great. I love mm. that. Yeah, I'm right. it. They, They've I'm really thought about this. It. I also Strong have been watching uh, some space-influenced uh, stories. Uh, Apple TV just started it. A um, few episodes in on For All Mankind, uh, uh-huh. which was created uh-huh. by uh, Ronald D. Moore and Battlestar Galactica, Next Generation. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a couple of people, I feel like an asshole. I, didn't I know who remember that guy them. is. Yeah, Dave knows who that guy is. <laughs> so, uh, So basically the premise is that Actually, I don't want to give away the actual crux of the pilot episode, but the space race continues. I'll give you that. Nice. It's a period piece, as if the space race continues. So it's, a, it's got some, some fun elements yeah, Nobody rested.
3: nobody rested on their fucking laurels for 50
1: years. It's kind of cool the way they make that happen. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. Uh, I kind of miss Billy Bob. I'm not going to lie. I kind of miss Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> Which I saw him in, um, what did we watch recently? In the Gray Man, and I was like, Gray Man. I, guess, I I, I guess he's gonna start doing some roles like that. I guess he's just gonna pop up every now and then, get a big paycheck, and check out. But I hope he keeps taking on some big meteor stuff because that guy is fucking funny and fucking talented. Dude. Yeah,
0: take out some meteors. Oh, yeah, I would oh, okay. watch Bad I,
1: Santa to Bad Santa Four. By the way, is it?
2: <laughs> Bad
1: Santa oh Two Kat- Kathy Bates is a don't terrible movie that we laughed at. <laughs> we laughed so hard
0: at, at Bad Santa Two. Okay. um I watched two things. One is very relevant to this podcast, which is I finally watched the first season of Only Murders in the Building. Now this is I still have it. Yeah, this is our Matt yeah. and Mark uh, movie podcast uh, quota for the day because we had two episodes, but this is our first time mentioning them, believe it or not. But they were on this like crazy, and I knew that I would like this because I like Steve Martin and, and Martin Short, and I also like the younger generation. So just the idea of Selena Gomez with them. I think it's pretty interesting. It's set in New York. They want to make a podcast. The murder is in their building. They They're said that? you said it. that? No, they, well, they just like the show. And for me, I was okay. like, oh, well, I like those people. And so that's curious. And I watched season one and I binged it because it was fucking really fun. It's a little, yeah. I would say it's two episodes too long if I'm being completely honest, but- Like there's a couple.
3: You never never have too much Martin Short.
0: No, because there's there's a couple characters, not just Martin Short, but even like the cop and the detective. They monologue, and if it was a play, it would be great. But in a movie that in in a TV series that you want to binge, I could have shaved it down an episode or two. But but it was great. It was really great, and I can't wait for season two.
3: Isn't season two already out?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't started it yet because I watched fucking Formula One, which I talked (laughs) about in the last episode. It's very busy, right? uh, The other thing I watched, because again, you know that Chloe's a little picky when it comes to to things, and we watched, couldn't stop, Netflix released their Woodstock 99 documentary to match the Music Box series Woodstock documentary that is on HBO. That was part of their six music documentaries with Alanis Morissette and Kenny G and whatever. And this one has all of the people that were involved, including the original guy, uh, Michael Lang, I believe his name is, who was played by Jonathan Groff in Taking Woodstock, who helped to organize the original Woodstock in 1969 when he was 24. When he was in his late 50s, he did Woodstock 94 and Woodstock 99. Got the same promoter and the same spo- uh, the same um, um, sponsor as the Woodstock 94 that bombed. I I can't. I saw Rage Against Machine last night,
1: and I was, all I was gonna say, dude, were you thinking about their '99 <laughs> performance when they lit the fucking all, flag on fire? <laughs> Jesus all Christ! I was,
0: all I was thinking about was the Woodstock crowd, where dude. you have so the HBO one was all about like the violence and the sexual assaults and the rapes and such, which is very valid, of course. That's in this one as well, and it's fucked up like crazy. This one does a really good job of setting the scene of what they wanted and letting you see how fucking stupid they were. And they were like, we want peace and love. It's time. It's 99. It's the end of the century. First of all, if you want peace and love, why do you hire corn, limp biscuit, (laughs) and the red hot chili peppers to close each night? If you know anything about these bands, no disrespect to them,
1: peace and love (laughs) is
0: not their message. They want people to get fucking wild. They want people to get fucking crazy. Second of all, they wanted to make money, so they outsourced everything from food food from water, from housing, from the fucking porta-potties were overflowing. So anyway, I, I, I can't talk about this enough. I loved Only Murders in the Building, but the Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix, not the HBO one, the Netflix one. And then at the end, when you hear the people who were at the, the they actually attended it and they were like, yeah, people lit fires. People were going to the <laughs> hospital. People had blood all over them. And it was the best weekend of my life. <laughs> it's like, you have to, it's, it is, I, we, we we binge the fuck okay. out of it, and I can't recommend it enough. Trainwreck, Woodstock 99 on Netflix, not HBO the Netflix. Okay, nice, man. that's
1: it. That's it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate it so much. We'll be back next week with more podcasts. See you soon, film fans. Peace. All right.